are you, are you proficient or are you excellent in where they need the help? Today, this week, uh, there's a lot of talk about ideal customers. Mm-hmm. A lot of talk about, you know, go find them. And if this and that, they're not your ideal customers. But sometimes you look at the advice and it's once again one of those watered down advice that's just like, what should I be doing with this? Like, right. I have no clue. Right. How do you feel about it? So I feel like there's a misunderstanding. Like I, I've seen this on my post when I use the phrase ideal right. customer is people think ideal customer equals necessarily equals like target market or ICP or, right. or whatever. Like it's the same. And yeah. really what I guess how we define it and how we do this with our, our clients is there, there's two levels to this. There's the level of, there are a certain level of clients that you will take on even yeah. if they aren't perfect. And yeah. the, the customer that you really, really want you'll still work with them because they fit your ICP. They fit like, okay, we can work with them. They're the right demographic. They're the right Right. industry, whatever. But ideal customers is, is just that these are the, these are the type of customers that we really want to work with. Right. Like we'll work with anyone else, but these are the ones like hands down. If we could get a hundred more clients like who, who would they be? You know? And I think we've had this conversation internally too, because we've got some clients that we're like, Hey, we loved working with them. They were great. They pushed us or they were easy to work with, but they weren't necessarily like, man, if yeah. we had a hundred more of them, we would love it. And then there are the clients that are like, man, if we could get a hundred more of them, yeah. like our business would blow up. And so I think there's that, that thought of ideal customer, ICP, buyer persona, target market, like all of yeah. that's kind of just saying the same thing. And I guess in my mind, it's, it's not, it's, you can have an ICP, but then even out of that, you have, these are the ideal. These yeah, are the ones to, I want. You have to qualify them a little yeah. differently, right? Just just for uh, for clarity's sake, for your team, for yourself, whether when I say team, I mean sales team, uh, marketing team, mm-hmm. right? Uh, even like CEO uh, and like founder. CEO and everyone, like leadership, right? Um, you did mention some things about, yeah, like they're not just, we do have, ideal customers we we did have some in the past but like it evolves too right and you're not always entirely sure like of course it's hard to have that one client that's like oh my god this is perfect right like we love working with you you love working with us and let's never end this relationship right because it takes a lot of things to for them to be the ideal customer for you but also for you to be for them to be the ideal customer they, for you, they have to be, you have to be the ideal vendor in a way for them too, right? That it's a give and take. Um, so not to put you on the spot, but like, Oh boy, what are those things that we can look at in terms of ideal customers? So I think, I think when it comes down to it, it's all about how you, how you want to segment and, So typically when I talk to people about this, I say, look at your current customers and kind of ask yourself like a few things like who, who's made you a lot of money. Yeah. You know, big one. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, realistically you might have a client that you're like, Oh, I love working with them, but we gave them a discount to get them or they, they came in before we upped our pricing. And it's like, 
they're, they'll never carry us as a company. So you have to think right. revenue. You have to think like, um, what do they, do their problems match your expertise? Yeah. You know, like, are you, are you proficient or are you excellent in where they need the help? Like, cause we've had people come to us and be like, Hey, can you do Google and Facebook ads? Well, yeah, I can because I've done them before, Yeah, but it doesn't mean like I'm the best at Google and Facebook ads. So it's like, you know what, if that's what you're looking for, we're not, we're not the company to come to yeah, it's, for it, that. It's like I said, like you, you want to be the ideal vendor for right. them too. You want to be the guy that's going to fit the bill for like 99% of their needs right. uh, and, and get them the desired outcome for 99.9% of the right. time. Right. Uh, and you can't do that if you're just, someone comes to you, Hey, can you do Google ads? And you're like, uh, sure. Yeah, I can. And you do it because you need the money. Right. We can talk about this in a minute. Um, but if you say yes, you're going to hate yourself too. And that brings me to another point, uh, mm -hmm. which is how comfortable it is to work with someone. Right. Right. Um, and how comfortable doing the work, even if it's on your own, mm -hmm. once you're done with like, say workshops or like client facing stuff, uh, are you going to love what you're doing or are you going to hate it? Right. Right. Well, and I think too, there's a dynamic of, uh, like, I don't know if that's the right word, but chemistry, like right. do your personalities match or like, do they come across as condescending or, and not that they are, but like, yeah. does, is that how it comes across or is there like a personality mismatch. And we see this a lot because you and I are both like, we're blunt. Yeah. You know, if a client comes to us and is like, well, I think it should be this way. We're going to be like, that's wrong. Yeah, you know, I mean, and we're and, yeah. and not in a, not in an offensive or rude way, but like, we're also, if you're going to pay us money, we're not just going to yes, man, you it's part of the part of the job, you know? And so, so we've actually had prospective clients that were like, well, I want you to do this, this, and this. And it's like, we don't do that. Yeah. And either, we're not going to do either that. Either we don't, or we're not going to do it, or we shouldn't do it. Like, right. please don't go and, and ask someone to do that. You are not ready. And right. we've had, I don't know if you remember, but we've had uh, at least one client who was like, you know what? Yeah, I think I need to do that first and foremost. And we're like, you know, we'd advise against it, against yeah. it. But, um, you know, do you at the end of the day, it's your, it's your project, your idea, your baby, because it happened to be like a founder uh, led startup type of thing, right. uh, a little more mature than a, than a startup. And eight months later, they were still trying to, they are still actually to this day, I think, uh, trying to finalize this project that they had as a top priority. Yeah. We even told them like, honestly, we could facilitate this for you if that's really the priority. And they were like, yeah, no, I think I'm good. I'm going to do it on myself, on my own. And you're like, okay, sure. But that just shows that they weren't necessarily an ideal customer right. at the end of the day. Um, very frustrating because obviously you're like, could have done some tremendous work together. Yeah. Uh, should, would you have just invested a little bit more money into this um, for us to facilitate? And you would have gotten... Like you would have been up and running. You now. would have been up and running. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I don't want to disclose too much, but right, right. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> so, so yeah, all that to say there has to be that, that relational or chemistry or personality match too, you know, and, and you have to make sure that you, you really can provide what they need yeah. for them to be ideal. I think too, the whole, 
Um, and this might fall under the personality side, but I, you know, we've all heard the horror stories of you get a client and they micromanage and they're messaging at 10 o'clock at night. And, and like, those are the kind of things you need to watch for too, because if, if they are the micromanager there and, and if you like being micromanaged, if that's your yeah. personality, then great. They're an ideal customer, but you and I, we hate being who, micromanaged. Who, please, please let us know. Let us know uh, in the comments of wh whether we post this, uh, this on social media, this segment, please let us know. Uh, who likes to be micromanaged? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really know anyone that's like, yes, please micromanage me. And, yeah. But I mean, at the same point, I'll say this, and, and this might steer the conversation and you need to re re bring me back yeah, in. Good. But like, I think some of it too depends on where you're at in your business stage. You know, like when you are just starting out and you kind of have this sense of this is who I want to work with but you don't have the brand yet and you don't have the credibility yet and you don't have the yeah. experience yet. You do tend to have to say, all right, I'll take less than ideal. I'll take someone who isn't that great in order to um, get that experience, get the, the processes down, get some under my belt that I can say, look at what I did for this client here, you know? Yeah. And so some of the, and to the point, I think you said this earlier is that um, it always evolves as your business grows. Like, our ideal customer, yeah, you, can't, you can't help it. it our evolves. ideal customer six months ago was drastically different than who we're saying our ideal customer is today. Yeah. And like, as you grow and, and your processes get better and your offer gets better, like you are going to attract and your brand gets better. You're going to attract a better level client yeah. who's willing to pay more you or, know? or you stick to your guns. Uh, just to get yeah. back on this idea, you stick to your guns and what it does once you have that very clear ICP and like those are our actual ideal customers, uh, the first class, the right. top of the line. Um, because we know, like you said, uh, we're going to deliver the, their desire, desired outcome 99% of the time. So they're going to be happy with us. They're going to be happy with our expertise. There's going to be clear separation of like, these guys know their shit. I know they got this. I'm going to not micromanage. I'm going right. to let them do their thing and trust them. There's trust, there's loyalty, and there's revenue that comes with it for you as a vendor. Um, then you're, you're, you're going to be doing like tremendous work on top right. of it. And yes, maybe stick to your gun as your brand gets better. You mentioned, and as you grow, you might be tempted to say, well, let's change our ideal customers and let's go for bigger fishes, bigger fish, bigger fish, yeah. bigger fish. Thank you. Right. But it's not necessarily the right move because maybe the reason why when you started, you, it was, you struggled. It was a little hard to create that revenue. Um, but then you grew and, and you became stronger, bigger, fatter uh, in terms of paychecks. The reason why this happened is because you catered to those type of people and you were uncompromising about it meaning now you shouldn't like give up on them. You should try maybe to switch the model. Uh, as you keep growing, you're going to have different needs in terms, right. of, in terms of scalability and all of that. Maybe what you need to change a little bit, tweak a little bit is the business model that you're running. So you do deliver the desired outcome mm -hmm. and, and keep them happy, but you can get more of them. The, so I'm going to, I'm going to say yes, right. but yeah. okay. Reason, reason I say that is what I've seen with a lot of like 
founders or, you know, whether it's a solopreneur or you're just starting a business, what tends to happen, and I, I see this a lot, um, I even did a post about this this week on pricing as a branding tactic. And, and I kind of shared how with right. our LinkedIn services, we started really cheap, 1400 yeah. a month. Yeah. And like, we barely attracted anyone. And the people we attracted were the micromanage. Like, we're like, this is shit. Like, we right. don't want, we don't want these clients. So we doubled it. We doubled the price, got more leads and stuff. And, yeah. and so what I'm, the point I'm making is like, I think what happens for a lot of founders and solopreneurs is they come in and they think, I can only charge this much because this is all I'm worth or this is all I think that I can get. Yeah. And so they build this ideal customer around who can afford, like in, in our case, who could afford the 1400 And yeah. really what was happening was we were going after solopreneurs yeah. who didn't understand writing. And mm -hmm. what we found was that it was the CEOs of multi-million dollar companies that were like, I want to do LinkedIn. I want to do ghostwriting, but I don't have the time. Yeah. And they looked at 1400 and said, I bet. And this was the biggest uh, objection that I would see in the sales side is they would say, if you're only charging 1400, are you outsourcing this someplace to India and that my copywriter right. doesn't even understand English and I'm going to get crap. And it was like, no, like our, our copywriters are here in America and they're actually copywriters that have years of experience yeah. writing copy. They're, they're, they're high quality uh, copywriters, but because of the price, it, it didn't, it didn't match. Like we thought we were going after one client base, but really what we found out is yeah. there was a whole different ICP that we didn't even consider or yeah. that wouldn't come to us because of the, um, because of the price. And I think for a lot of founders, that's the problem is they come right, in and right. they say, with what I have, I can only charge this much. And so they, they build an ICP around that low level. Yeah. And then they realize like, while they might've been ideal customers at the time, you get really frustrated with them yeah. because you realize, Hey, I charge so low that I'm getting the micromanagers. And like, e even my case, like our very first consultation right. for shift was 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you came to me today and said, Jason, I want an hour and a half of your time to talk business and brand and marketing and content, I'd be like for 50 bucks, I'd be like, get lost. Get like lost. my, my time is much more valuable than $50. Right. But at, when I started, it was like, I don't even know if I'll get someone to give me $50, you know? And, yeah, and, and that's fair. That's yeah. fair. You know, you're, you're trying out, uh, you're, yeah. you're starting. So, and so, so I you think what happens that, that fit. Yeah. I think what happens is we build ICPs around or ideal customers around what we think we can do. And then we realize, man, I need to up my prices. And all right. of a sudden who used to be my ICP would never pay yeah. this amount. And, and yeah. we went through that per, like right. personally with the go, the LinkedIn ghostwriting side. And so, yes, if you are, if the price is right and you're attracting leads and you're getting like clients that you love working with, yeah. stick with them. Don't right. be like, well, we're going after big, like find a way to work with them because you've already built them as an audience. Yeah. But if you're realizing, Hey, who I thought was an ideal customer now, as I've got more experience and I've got more expertise, like I hate this. Then it's that I think, I think that's what I'm getting to is now then it's time it. to change, right. to, to tweak or change. Yeah, I get that. And yeah. you, you mentioned something about Indian writers. There are tremendous Indian writers yeah. in oh. the world. Oh, definitely. Legal disclaimer. Yeah. Of course, uh, nothing against Indian writers. And, and really the only reason I said that was 
That's what I because are, are you getting them from someplace else with right. a low quality yeah. and that that is, but that is something that was told to you yeah. as well. I think if I remember, yeah. like somebody told you at some point. That's not your own personal no. opinion. No, right? no, no, yeah. not at all. Just to make it clear, but yeah, I think um, the way almost like if we're talking like now how. So how do you go about it? Like yeah. in terms of like, you know, okay, cool. Yes. I need to go after an ideal customer. And we did mention, get them the desired result, which gets them happy, makes them happy. Um, what else? Um, good personality, good like personality, personality the com like how comfortable you are working with them. And then the revenue, of course, of like, if they're happy, if the personality matches, et cetera, like, you know, you're going to have a good time and they're going to be happy to pay you and come back for more. Even um, e another one that like one of our clients had, had said too, is like, they actually refer us, Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, that, they, that they might be another criteria. You. Exactly. Exactly. Um, at the end of the day, if you want to make this a little more tangible, I guess, as you look, like you said, at the beginning of this episode, you look at the, the, the pool of existing clients, uh, you, you can also look at the, the, the TAM, the total addressable market right. Right, for your industry and, look at what fits with those criterias that we mentioned and then also segment them, like qualify them mm -hmm. just like an airplane company does with like first class, business class, economy class, I would say. You mentioned right. at first we had clients that were willing to pay a certain amount of money, but at some point they're like, I can afford your premium services. Right. So at some point you do need to say, as much as it sucks, of course, because maybe there is like the personality matches and like the actual need matches, but the budget isn't here. Right. You got to maybe not let them go, but just be like, okay, dude, I got this. If you can't afford this premium services I'm focusing on, I got this, you know, lower priced offer. Uh, it's just going to be a one-time consultation or it's just, uh, it's a digital product, right? It's right. a workbook. You're going to work on your own. It's like a do it yourself type of model. Um, of business and that's fine too. Just yeah. kind of, it, 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 it sucks. It stings a little bit, but like, let them go yeah. focus on like that business. And that first, the way airplane companies do, and I'm not even sure they focus that much on first. They just have a first because the, the very high level clients sometimes, you know, need the space and want to have, want to be excluded from everybody else because right. it's that status. But for, for the most part, it's the business class that matters for airplane companies, right? And the, right. and they do focus on it. And economy class, it's a shit experience every time. Yeah. Because they don't care about you, right? right? And I'm not saying do not care about your economy class. They can still provide revenue for your business and growth, but just not as much. The margins are going to be thinner. And the way you can think about it, I guess, is that, like keep them in your circle but don't focus so much right. on them. Well, I think that's what this whole idea of ideal customers comes down to is right. it's really about what are you going to build your brand and all of your messaging around? Yeah. Like, yeah. are you going to build it around? And this is what I see a lot of B2B companies do is they will build it around their economy class. Right. Because they can get a lot of, yeah. they can get a lot of them even if they aren't the, like a good fit. Yeah. And then, then you're fighting on price. Right. right. And instead like this idea, this concept of an ideal customer is who are we actually going to build the messaging around on our website to, yeah. who are we going to, who are we going to create ads for, who are we going to build the experience around? Like, and that, I think for me, that's the key part is like, 
who are we building the experience around? Yep. Messaging and promotion, yes, obviously, of course. But like when we sit down and we say, what do our customers want from us? You yeah. know, that experience, build it around your what your ideal customers want, not necessarily what the entire market wants or yeah. the, the economy yeah. uh, style customers want. Because then you're never going, if you build it around economy, you're never going to attract the first class or business class type of clients that yeah. are going to pay you more, that you're going to, they're going to refer you more. You're going to love working with them more. Um, and that's the, the thing I see that a lot of B2B companies do is they build this ICP around who can we get the most of. Yeah. And then it's a bad experience for those higher level companies that are yeah. like, I'm used to this concierge style, you know, I'm used to getting on a plane and being handed a drink. I, I wish I was, <laughs> I'm not like make that very clear for yeah. our clients that Jason isn't flying first class everywhere and driving Bugattis. But you know, like if you're, if you're trying to attract that level of client, you have to provide that level of service. Yeah. It's even like, I think we mentioned this in a different pot episode already. Like the, the customers we're trying to attract we needed to do a podcast in person yeah, because of the look and feel like yeah. we, we wanted to attract a higher level um, and a certain style, not a, I shouldn't say higher level. We were trying to yeah, attract or, a certain style of client. Maybe not. It's, it's not even about attracting It's just about appealing. Yes. In my opinion. Yeah. Like I just want to, and, like, and that's a better, that's a better yeah, word to use yeah. is appealing to it's appealing. Uh, well, if we're being honest, yes, it is also about attracting because right. we want to make money. Of course right. uh, that has needs to be said, but for the most part, it's about like appeal and yeah. just like, so they see like, okay, I can take those guys seriously, you right. know, and they, they're, they're, they're doing something here that I relate to and right. that I can fuck with. basically. And, and that's where like everything, and I say this a lot on LinkedIn, but everything in your company should start with this foundation of how well, you know, yeah, like who are those ideal cl customers and how well do you know them? Cause we know right. the people that we're going after, we very easily could have saved money and just done a zoom podcast. Yeah. But everyone does a zoom podcast. And we were, we were trying to appeal to and attract uh, people that like this yeah. makes it look like we actually know branding, Yeah, you know, because it, it gives that, that perception, that feel. And it's, it's, I love that you mentioned uh, the difference between the zoom podcasts and mm -hmm. ours uh, because that gives us the leeway for next week's episode, which is about uniqueness and differentiation. Yeah. And that's also what it is, is yeah. you look at like everyone, everyone is, is doing a podcast nowadays, right? How are you going to differentiate? And I'm not saying this is the ultimate differentiation oh, no. for podcasts, but it's one way to do it. Right. And, that, and that's why we're doing it also. Well, and, and like to use the phrase, it's very on brand. Yeah. For us too. I mean, if you, how dare you, I, I know. Right. <laughs> but, but like, I, I think a lot of people see that phrase as, as cliche, but in, in reality, like the reason we chose a studio with black backgrounds is because our color is black yeah. and yellow, you yeah. know, like yeah. th this is the, the, it's, our aesthetic and our style and, and stuff where yeah. zoom was not. not and this much. is brand directing all that for the ideal clients yeah. that we're trying to go after. So absolutely. Let me, let me ask you this because we do, we've talked a lot about this first class business class economy yeah. class. Like we've mentioned this, yeah. and this is actually an exercise we take our clients through right. when we help them yeah. determine their ideal customers and get to know them. So can you just maybe explain it? Like the, explain right. the exercise a little bit. So if someone wanted to do it, they can 
take Steph's knowledge and try right. to apply it themselves, <laughs> you know? like, take notes, people. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm not going to go too much into details. Yeah, um, no. But we did mention already, make sure you have, you're aligned with their desired outcome and you bring in 99% of the time. Make sure they have the budget and the, and the, the money right. to pay you for it. Uh, make sure your personality matches. Right. Uh, that there, you know, there's an understanding. Make sure that um, they respect your expertise. They respect your time, your mm -hmm. energy. They understand what they're paying for. It's not, they're not going to ask about like, how long did you spend? How much time did you spend on this? Right? right. For example, especially in the service consulting business, it's important uh, for someone to respect that. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's all about like, like I mentioned, do they have the money? It, it's not that complicated. It's just being ruthless about how you qualify them and right. how you separate them. Uh, motivation, discipline, understanding or lack of understanding of like what you're trying to do and, and where they want to be and why you're doing what you're doing to help them get there. Mm -hmm. uh, all that, all that kind of stuff. So I think, let, let me ask this then, because I think the biggest, the biggest hurdle people have with this exercise we do, like right. first class economy class, you understand the differences. Like right. you can set criteria. This is first class and these are, you know, yeah. for us, it's, the, you know, you can pay us a lot. You stick with us long-term. Like yeah. you're not just a, a one and done, you know, you, you have the revenue, you're a good fit, all that kind of stuff. Right. And economy is like, well, you might be a one and done, you yeah. know, type thing. Yeah. What would, how would you differentiate between, or what advice would you give between mm -hmm. first class and business class? Cause those kind of almost seem right. like, and we've seen this in our own exercises where people are yeah. like, well, what would be the difference between these two? What would you say to, yeah. to that? If I'm trying to, if I'm trying to do this exercise myself and segment my clients, how would you say this is the difference between first class and business class? Yeah, I think the simplest answer I can give to this is basically, can they become a buddy? Mm. In a way, that's how mm. I would answer this. Because you're right, the the separation is blurrier right. than with in between first business and economy. Right. Uh, so I would say first class to me is someone who I can shoot the shit with. Yeah. Almost. And really feel so comfortable in my relationship with them that like, I don't care like going the extra mile for them as right. a vendor. Uh, that to me would be a first class client yeah. compared to, and like, you know, going further, giving them more than what they actually paid for. Uh, that almost, so I'm, I'm, turning it upside down where mm. it's me personally, I'm considering you a first class client, not because you're going to be willing to pay me more, but because I'm going to have so much fun working right. with you. That's and, how I would answer it. And I would, I would agree with that. Cause like, we've got a prospective client right now who he messages, he's got my, he's got my cell phone. He's not right. a client yet. Yeah. He's got my cell phone and he'll send me stuff and, and whatnot. And it's like, um, and, and it's not just about the project, but it's like, Hey, I saw this post on LinkedIn. What did you think about it? Like yeah. it, it's already work with me or not. Yeah. You're someone that's got my phone number, you yeah. know? And like, like to me, he's, I even told him when, when I was working with him, I was like, yeah, once you get this thing launched, I'll freaking help point people to it. Like yep. not because that's part of our service or, or any, like I don't shout out our clients on my, yeah. my LinkedIn and be like, you should go work with this person. But I'm like, for you. 
because you are a buddy. And like, I want you to yeah. like, not that I don't want all of our clients to succeed, but like you said, it, it is that buddy. Yeah. I, I could, I could see going, hanging out with you. I'm going to go the extra mile and you Absolutely. are that, that ideal customer. I love that. I yeah, love for that. sure. So just figuring out the, the customer, go figure it out. Look at your pool of clients, segment them, qualify them, make sure to be ruthless about it. And next week we're going to be talking about differentiation because doing that first with the ideal customer is going to help aligning with how you can be different and how you can stand out for your ideal customers. Right. So stay tuned. There's, there's one more thing. I one wanted. more thing. Jason has one. More Always thing. one more thing. There's one more thing I wanted to, to just quickly touch here. Right. This is segmenting. What information should you try to gather from your ideal customers right. to make the uniqueness, what we're going to talk about next week yeah. to make the uniqueness easier to figure out like right. what, you know, high level, I'm not looking for, here's a giant bulleted list, but high yeah. level, what should we be looking for? Right. Once we, once we define our ideal customers, what information should we be looking about them right. to build our uniqueness? Yeah. Um, right. So we're, we're starting a new podcast here, I guess. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So once, once you have that segmentation, you want to build your persona, of course, your blueprint and you look at who they are, their identity, their psychographics are important. Uh, mm -hmm. not just like where they live and, and what's their name and, and their age. Um, look at what they want and how they want to get it and why they want to get mm -hmm. that one thing or those top three things that they're looking for. Like can be high level, can be low level, but just like, just make sure you understand like the psychographics of it all. Right. Just hit the table. Yeah. Here. <laughs> but yeah, um, just look for that, build a blueprint like that. Yeah. Who, what, how, why. And then that gives you the direction and the, the alignment you need or the actions you need to take to be in alignment with who they are. Right. One so, of the, one of the things I tell our prospective clients when I, I talk about our brand positioning is one of the key things we do with ideal customers is figure right. out motivation. Yeah. You know, like what gets them up off their butt? Right. to buy your service and not just address a pain point, you know? Yeah, and not, so, yeah. yeah. Awesome, dude. Like, I think, you know, you start building out your, your segmentation, find those first in business, uh, business class clients, build your brand around there and, yeah. and all your marketing around them. And you're going to be golden. Absolutely. Yep.